Welcome to The John Chapman Show, where we talk about retirement readiness, strategies to help you grow and preserve your wealth so that you get the most from life with the money you do have. Are you on track? John is an employee of WorthPoint LLC. All opinions expressed by John and podcast guests are solely their own opinion and do not necessarily reflect the opinion of WorthPoint. This podcast should not be relied upon for investment decisions and is for informational purposes only. Hey everyone and welcome back to the John Chapman Show. I'm John Chapman and today I've got back a special guest of mine, Mark Glickman, who's the CEO and founder of Buddy INS. And we're going to talk about long-term care insurance. And for those that might not have heard, Mark and I have a episode from last year, March 2020. It's episode 39 on my podcast. And that goes through a much broader overview of long-term care insurance. But I wanted to invite Mark back on the podcast to be a little bit more specific about some of the ins and outs of long-term care insurance as it applies to business owners and entrepreneurs, especially those that are, let's say, age 50 and over, specifically because there's a little unknown tax strategy that's just a sweetener on top, in addition to why it's so important to get long-term care insurance. So with that as an introduction, Mark, welcome back. And can you just share with people a little bit more about your background and how you got started in this business? Absolutely. And thanks for having me back on. It hasn't been that long, March 2020. The world was very different back then, wasn't very it? Very different. And my, it flew by, yeah, but it's it's been a whirlwind this past year. So my background is I'm an actuary. So I actually work for the insurance companies to help them design their plans. And I kind of saw from the inside, you know, what a lot of the top specialist agents in the industry were doing and the value that they could offer their clients and the value of the products themselves. And so Buddy INS, really, we started a network and a platform of long-term care specialists. And we're going to talk a little bit about this business owner concept, which, again, isn't that well known in the general world. But inside of our long-term care specialist world, it's a really great way to add additional value on top of the long-term care plan you're already planning to do. So let's talk just, again, briefly about why long-term care insurance is so important because it's, it's still not a very well understood piece of insurance, although it's extremely important. So just talk to us a little bit about why long-term care is something that people need to consider. Yeah, I think it's an epidemic today, right? We're seeing it all around us. Yeah. Family members are needing care. I personally had all four of my grandparents that needed care and there's mm-hmm. 44 million family caregivers out there. Mm-hmm. And really the bottom line is there isn't necessarily a built-in funding mechanism for paying for that care by the government because Medicare does not cover long-term care right? and Medicaid only covers you once you exhaust most of your assets. right? So people that are either in the middle or higher net worth find that it can have a devastating impact on their family, either stepping in and providing care or potentially spending their assets and doing professional care, but not necessarily having a legacy or, or ruining their overall financial plan. And remind us too about some of the key triggers for this because long-term care has a specific definition. So this happens to people that are, let's say what in maybe their late seventies or eighties or even nineties, you know, what's the tipping point that the insurance company looks at, you know, someone's situation say, okay, this is considered a long-term care event. Yeah. Great, great question. And, you know, it can happen at any age, but the definition is that It's care that's needed when you cannot perform at least two of your six, what they call activities of daily living, the things that you need to take care of yourself, whether it's eating, bathing, showering, those types of things. And it's expected to last at least 90 days. So at least three months, you're expected to need this care. That's how you qualify. The other major trigger, and it's becoming more important today, is severe cognitive impairment. 
So mm. think of Alzheimer's disease and right. just the, the fact that we don't really have a cure or a delay to that condition, it's becoming more and more prevalent in society. And John, to your point, that can happen earlier in age, but also that tends to happen later in age because other conditions have actually been cured, but your brain's an organ that deteriorates too. And you need care when you're 80 or 90 years old. That's when it can have a big impact. Yeah, Mark, there's a huge challenge for this because really the, the audience that I want to be able to speak to is possibly as young as maybe in their 40s. So definitely their 40s or 50s and maybe as old as their 60s. And it's hard for us to even conceptualize for ourselves about what our life is going to be like when we're 80. And, and really, we're trying to plan for something like that. So instead, I want to make sure the audience think about family that you have. Maybe it's a parent or a grandparent that you've seen go through their older retirement years and maybe all the way up until the time they passed away. And for me, this is extra relevant because unfortunately my grandfather passed away about two weeks ago and he was 90 years old. He lived in a tremendous life. He was a great leader in our family, but I got to see my grandfather, Frank, as he was declining with his health and how quickly his health declined in the later months of his life. And what that meant for my mom and her siblings in terms of the amount of care. And I just can't tell you how many countless hours my family spent at my grandparents' house doing little things, you know, all these things that they had no idea that they were going to need to spend time on, but that they did. And, and all of the expenses that are sort of fringe expenses on the outside that you just don't think about ahead of time. And so it's a scenario like that, that I think is really important that we can do our best to take care of our families for the 40, 50, 60 year olds and be thinking about long-term care insurance and where that fits in because having, you know, a, a care policy to be able to pull on when you aren't able to get out of bed or brush your teeth or put on your clothes and to be able to uh, take some of the pressure off of your family when they're caring for you when you're older, that's what this is so important about. So I hope you can feel some of my passion behind it because I just think it's, it's a really, it's, 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 it's an under talked about, but it's so important. And uh, yeah. So anyways, I mean, maybe we can talk more in detail now, Mark, about what are some of the options that the insurance companies make available to us. Talk to us a little bit about how someone actually goes about purchasing a piece of insurance like this and just how do we, they all put that together. Yeah. I think most people start thinking about it when they're between 50 and 70 years old, but the planning process can start anytime. So I know a lot of people in their 30s or 40s that are thinking about this because of the issues that you've mentioned, personal family members that have had this happen to them and kind of having the experience of this, not wanting to have that happen to their kids or you know to other people that might care for them. And so the process generally involves first understanding what that plan is, what you want your wishes to be at those later ages. Do you want to stay at home or do you want to move into more of a community environment? And so again, as you start thinking about those, even if it's 40 years from now, you wanna have flexibility and options and ultimately dignity. And so that's when you start to maybe explore the options. Then of course it's financial, right? This is a funding mechanism and you should think of it that way. How much does it cost to pay for an insurance policy? And is it something that I can afford given my other you know, normal you know, expenses, the living expenses, my retirement plans? And so it becomes a part of the holistic planning process to say, okay, if I'm in a good position to fund this plan, it's oftentimes a good time to buy it early because the insurance companies do underwriting. And so they're going to look at making sure that you qualify because mm -hmm. if you wait until when you need the care, yeah. then you won't have, be able to buy the insurance. It's like trying to yeah. buy homeowner's insurance when your house is on fire. You're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. So the sooner you plan, the better, the better value you can get from the policies and the more likely it is you're gonna qualify for your best options. 
And today there's a whole variety of different options for people in different phases of life. But the sooner you plan, the more options you have, which is why, generally speaking, we try to encourage people to at least start the conversation, even if they're not planning to buy insurance. And so big picture, what is the health underwriting process like? How long should someone expect for that to take or how invasive or not might that be? Uh, you know, it's interesting that even though there is a, a filter there and people are concerned about people getting declined, it actually is not an invasive process. Hmm. So what the insurance company is doing is because of all the digitized records now, yeah. they're looking at your prescriptions, which are all digitized. They're going to do look at your medical records in some cases, and yeah. they may do an interview with you. But they actually aren't going to do a lot of invasive stuff. Generally speaking, they don't take blood or anything like that, like you might see in life insurance. So it's actually the process is actually pretty good from a client perspective. In fact, there's one company now that has a product where you can get an answer within 24 hours, up to, mm -hmm. you know, as soon as 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Most of the time though, the companies that are more diligent with the underwriting are gonna probably take about four to eight weeks. Yeah. But it's mostly because they're waiting for the doctor's office to send them the medical records. Yeah, not sure. because they're doing anything with the client. So one of the important takeaways though, is that because age and your, your health situation can make sometimes a substantial impact on the monthly premiums or how expensive the cost of insurance is, that's part of why it's so important to maybe start earlier than you might expect you'd have to, to think about this again for maybe a 40 or 50 year old, because when you're thinking about this at age 68, the cost of your care might be more expensive to be able to insure that, right? Yeah. Or another way of saying the same thing is that the sooner you plan, the more time you have for your benefits to grow. Mm, because a lot of the major options have built in cost of living inflation into them. So either yeah. 3% or maybe even 5% annual increases. Yeah. If you think about buying that at age 40 and needing care at age 80, 5% compounded over 40 years as an actuary, I can tell you that's seven times mm. what he originally put into it. So mm. you can buy a smaller benefit you yep. still have a lot more when it's more likely you're going to use the policy. And that's really the effect of buying it younger is you get more leverage, insurance leverage on what you put into it. So Mark, can we switch gears into talking about a specific example? I know you've got some really high-tech tools on Excel spreadsheets and it'd be fun for the audience to be able to see that. And I think one of the things I want to be able to call attention to is just, again, what we're planning for is a life event, let's say at an age 80 or something like that, right? Where if you can no longer get out of bed or put on your clothes and you need to hire somebody to help you with that, or maybe you're living in, in you know, some type of community or assisted living, I don't know the right terms, but you know, and then paying for that, those services. So it's that event that this is going to eventually pay money out to at, right? So am I understanding that that correctly, what the what the triggering event is at the back end? Correct. Yeah. You want to need to get care and you can get it in a lot of different environments. Again, you're generally getting from a professional caregiver. So someone who's coming into your home or if you need to go into, into an assisted living facility, or even at the end of life, if you need to go into a nursing home. But yep. keep in mind that today, people don't go into nursing homes like they used to 30 years ago. Generally mm -hmm. speaking, 90% of people getting care are in the home or assisted living today. Yep. Yep. It's only at the end of life when you need round the clock you know, yep. you know, medical equipment where yep. they go into the other environments. And part of the reason why they bring that up, though, is because it's part of the plan. That's how you craft the structure of the long-term care insurance, right? It's talking about how many, you know, dollars per day for how many years or something like that is available to them as a benefit on the back end, right? So talk to sure. us a little bit about some of the, like the typical structure of how that money might be received or paid out. Great. Very good point. So this is a particular long-term care insurance policy, and this is a traditional policy, although we think about 
hybrid policy the same way, which are also popular, where you have a life insurance product with a long-term care rider. So we won't get into the differences today on those two, two types of policies, but the way that they both generally work is you're buying an initial daily benefit amount or monthly benefit amount. So yep. this is $150 today or $4,500 a month approximately today. But because of that inflation increase at 3% compounded, if this person who's 56 needs care at age 80, which is what we're doing here, they'll have about $363 a day at age 80. Okay. And if you think about how long this policy will pay out, which is a five-year policy, it will actually uh, add up to quite a lot of money, about $590,000 pool of benefit that mm. they'll get if they need care for five years. As you mentioned, reimburse to them if they need the services, the home health care, the assisted living or the nursing home services. Hmm. Now, you'll notice that there's actually two people on this policy. This is okay. actually what's called the joint policy. So think husband and wife buying it together, 56 years old, in relatively good health. They're each going to get five years. And in this case, there's a special feature on this one that we just happen to like this particular writer, which has an additional five-year pool of benefits. So if they exceed five years, they have another pool of benefits that can cover either or both of them. Amazing. So if you add it up, all the tell the potential protection at age 80, they might have $1.8 million of protection. Amazing. And the premium they're paying is $363 a month. And when you add that up until age 80, at which mm. point the premium would get waived on this policy, it would add up to 104000 So yes, mm. you're making a major financial commitment to this over sure. time, sure. but the insurance leverage is what's key here. And it's about 17.8 times what you put into it. And that's what this diagram is showing. Hmm. So that makes me think, you know, that what, what's in it for the insurance company to be able to offer potentially somebody who signs up for this, what, what appears to be kind of a great deal? Because oftentimes the question is, well, shouldn't I just self-insure? I'll forego the premiums. I'll save this in my investment account and I'll just go that way because that way maybe I have more flexibility or something like that. But, you know, we probably won't get that amount of leverage or growth in just an investment account. So why is that type of that insurance leverage even available to us? Yeah, and I'll do it a little bit more, which is um, if we were to assume that we wanted to self-fund this, because a lot of people want to look at that context, let's say we could earn 7% mm -hmm. over the next 24 years yeah. in an investment without thinking about taxes on the investment side. This is what the equivalent would be if you paid $363 into an investment account at 7% compounded over 24 years. It'd you can see that the insurance does provide a lot of leverage relative to self-funding, but what's the catch, right? You're asking, why does this look too good to be true? What's the catch here? Well, the insurance company knows that not everybody is going to use their policy, yeah. right? It's probably likely that about half of people will need long-term care, yeah. but the number percentage of people that will need long-term care that lasts at least 90 days, and this has a 90-day waiting period or deductible, is a lot lower. And then the number of people then that will actually need care for five years or longer is a lower percentage. So yeah. the actuaries, like people like me that used to work at the insurance companies, actually will calculate yeah. what are the probabilities of these things happening. And they'll build it so that they can afford to price the policy the way it is. Again, given that they're starting with people that are healthier, not people that need care necessarily tomorrow, but maybe further into the future. That's what makes them comfortable. So this is really to figure out, well, how much insurance protection do you need? But you don't necessarily expect to reap the full benefits. This is not an investment over here. No. And in fact, you don't want to use your benefits, which mm -hmm. is what makes it a win-win. Mm -hmm. If you never need long-term care, that's probably the best case scenario mm -hmm. is you don't need care. Mm -hmm. 
but if you do need care, you have the protection. If your house goes, you know, gets on fire, you have the mm-hmm. you know, homeowners insurance to exactly. help you rebuild your house. And that's the concept here is it creates the win-win environment. So there's a, another uniqueness to this that for entrepreneurs or business owners, they might have the chance, if I understand you right, to deduct some of the premiums they're paying today from the total income that they may be earning. So of course, as a disclaimer, this isn't tax advice. And if you're not a client of Mark and I, that we, we don't want to give specific advice. So this is just education, but at least so that people are aware of it and they can bring it up with their tax professionals. Mark, talk to us a little bit about what's available for our business owners or entrepreneurs. Okay, and I'll structure this a little bit more commonly. So I'm going to do this as an annual premium, and then I'll do it as a 10-year premium, just so you can get an idea. You'll notice the total cost is roughly the same. It might even be less in some situations, but you're going to be paying more upfront. And so why I structured it this way for a business owner is, let's say uh, this person owns a business. They're 56 years old. Actually, I know they do because this is a real case study. Okay. (laughs) And they paid over 10 years. Yeah. That means that they'll be paid up in the policy and they're able to fund it out of their business during their working years. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, we'll structure the premium so it makes sense in terms of how they want to fund the plan. But the added advantage of doing that is that the premiums, if you pay them through a business, and it could be any profitable business, are tax deductible for that business because long-term care is treated like health insurance. Mm. Okay? So we're not going to get into all the nuances of this, but the idea is as long as it's reasonable compensation, for the person you're deducting it for, and obviously for a business owner, as this oftentimes would be, then you can treat it as a ordinary business expense. Yeah. It, and, and, and on top of that, so even though you're able to potentially receive some level of tax deduction on your premiums as part of your overall business expense, when you do reach a certain age, let's say you are age 80, and you do need to be paid or your family needs to be paid to reimburse costs or whatever for, for a long-term care event, is someone having to pay taxes on the money they're receiving in the future? No. And that's really the beauty of this. And this is one of the few things the IRS allows you to do this way mm-hmm. is you're allowed to not only take the deduction, but even if you receive the benefits because they're tax qualified long-term care, they are still received tax-free, mm-hmm. which is why I tell business owners, if you own a profitable business, you should be at least be looking into this because there's mm-hmm. very little downside yeah. to that equation. Yeah. And you may find that there's significant ways, opportunities here to get, again, additional value beyond what we had already talked about. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Well, of course it's still high level, so it needs to be discussed with a tax advisor, but I think for, like you said, a profitable business that that should already be potentially looking at a long-term care solution. This is just a, an added benefit to that people don't often even know about. And so it's important to go in eyes wide open and just understand all the options to it. So. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add a, a couple of other nuances just to let people, I know people are thinking about, well, what is this really worth? Hmm. And so what I've seen personal experience, it depends on your type of business, whether you're a C corporation or you're an Mm -hmm. S corp or a partnership. It depends on whether you have a spouse and you're doing this with your spouse, like it Mm -hmm. is in this case. And sometimes it depends on your age, but typically we'll see as little as 5% savings off the cost of this for certain businesses, Mm -hmm. upwards of almost 50% for -hmm. some businesses, Mm -hmm. again, depending on various parameters. But in any case, whether it's five or 50%, it's definitely worth considering doing this because that's just extra value 
it's you know kind of quote unquote subsidized a little bit by the government because of how they handle health insurance. Yeah, yeah I see. Well, super overview, Mark. I really appreciate it. And without going too far today, maybe we can start to close. Tell us a little bit about anything else you think that's important for the audience to hear, or maybe even more how people can get in touch with Buddy INS if they've got further questions. Yeah, well, first of all, just realize that this is a planning process. So don't feel like you have to buy an insurance product. Make sure that you talk to a specialist about it, though, because it is very complex. There's a lot of great options on the market. But again, they're all kind of unique for different use cases. Uh, so what Buddy INS is and how to contact us is we are a network of long-term care specialists. You can reach me by going to www.buddyins.com, or you can just Google search and you'll, you'll find us that way. And if you put in your information, let us know you came from John or John's podcast here, uh, will help connect you to one of those top specialists in the country. That's awesome. Well, I'll put some of the information in the show notes too. Thanks to everyone for tuning into the podcast today. And Mark, really appreciate you being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the John Chapman Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. We encourage your questions, comments, and feedback. For additional information, check out thejohnchapmanshow.com or look for John on LinkedIn and Twitter. See you next week.